back, everyone, to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Jack, and uh, once again, we have the local vocal series. This is where we talk with local actors and filmmakers and artists and people who make things and do things. And I'm uh, very happy to have somebody on the air today who uh, I've actually known for quite a number of years. Um, he is a, a writer, director, producer, uh, visual effects artist, um, of uh, to say the least, and he does so many other good things. Um, I'm very pleased to welcome Carlos Del Rosario to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. You know, I mean, uh, you and I, we kind of go back a long way, uh, and I said that before, but, uh, you know, in the interest of full di- disclosure, uh, what we'll be probably talking about, we'll be talking about a few projects which I've, I guess, been kind of a part of, and you've helped me as well with things. I should also mention you're an editor. Um, yep, I edited a nice ditty of a feature called Green Eyes. Yeah, Carlos was, Carlos was kind of there, <laughs> helping me a little bit along the way. Um, I remember when that happened, just as, a, as an aside, like that was, uh, I, I think we met up at some like restaurant or something, and we were just talking about things with green eyes and i mentioned oh yeah and you're you're writing the movie of course and uh, and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing it's like i normally have a good memory if i say i'm going to edit something especially if it's a feature Mm -hmm. i remember it was uh that uh that diner by a b&h and audrey was there you see pretty good memory yeah I ordered an apple pie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, see people details that makes up what a storyteller is, and um, <laughs> and then you bring up, oh yeah, and you're editing green eyes. I'm like, I don't remember agreeing to <laughs> what? When was and this? When did I be, say that? To be fair, I felt like I'd probably asked you about it before, but maybe I was wrong because then your reaction was like, oh. Okay, yeah. I should rethink this. And then you had to think about it a little bit, but then you later came and said, "Yeah, I'll do it." Yeah, because you hadn't edited a feature up to that point. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's still the only feature that I've edited, and uh, yeah, thankfully it's it's uh, gone on to a uh, greater things. Green eyes, it's on Amazon Prime. It's it's probably the most uh, uh, professional uh, uh, thing I've been uh, associated with. So that's that's great. Well, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, I mean, when you were coming up against that, did you, like, did you have hesitations on, like, editing a feature? I mean, because you had edited shorts and series and stuff like that before. Um, you know, yes, especially with uh, Green Eyes, because I was there with uh, the shooting, and mm-hmm. uh, I know it was, and, and drama, editing drama is so difficult for me, because you may have five or six takes, and to me... All those takes are pretty much the same. They're kind of samey, and, and they're they're just slight huh. variations. And we're we're always, but you know, eventually we found a rhythm. Of course, you were there editing with me, and mm. um, you know, I I like that. If I edited alone, I don't think I would have uh, gone anywhere really. It's like, no, I think was... part of it was because well, I I knew I had to be there. Um, but you know, to to your credit, I mean, when I was there, you basically showed me. Uh, I had known how to do stuff on Final Cut before, but you helped edge me closer and closer to doing a lot of sequences myself, and then you would be there, uh, we would kind of have like a tag team effect where I'd be editing and you'd be playing uh, Bioshock or uh, Halo or one of those games, and then uh, and then it would almost be like, you know, we'd slap our hands and then you'd edit a little bit and then I'd play some video games. Yeah. And I, I think that's great because... Um, 
It kind of reminds me of how uh, Animal House was written, like uh, Harold Ramis, and I forgot who the uh, the other. I think it might have been like Douglas McGrath or something. Yeah, like that. it's like they they had the same. It's like you write a scene, I write a scene, then we rewrite each other's scenes. Oh, okay. And we'll just keep on doing. And that's that's what editing is. It's uh, just uh, you know just uh, taking out the bad stuff. Hmm. It's that's uh, yeah. Now what it wh- is. when you uh, um now when you got into uh. You went to college in Hunter, right? Yes, Hunter College. Yeah. When you got into there, was editing something that you were immediately gravitating towards, or were you first into trying to be a writer or a director? Or, you know, because sometimes people go into film school, they don't even know what they're going to do, or people have kind of a clear idea of what they're aiming towards. Well, uh, I think early on I, I gravitated towards uh, editing. I remember uh, in... Uh, the I think the winter of uh, 2002 I got uh, an Emac. It's uh, this terrible, terrible machine. Uh-huh. Probably one of the early uh, iMacs for education, and I had Final Cut Pro. And I noticed that you know what I actually edit a bit better than most of my peers, and uh, I am more dedicated to this. And uh, I think uh, one of the things uh, early on, even from childhood. Um, uh, a friend of mine, George Irvin, and I, like our first movie was a lightsaber movie, and I've always been obsessed with making a really good lightsaber movie. Mm. So I guess that was just a way of, of just playing out a, a childhood dream of mine of just having an awesome lightsaber fight, and my life just uh, leads to that. So also, at that same time, did you start to play around a little bit with uh, visual effects in the iMac EMAC or whatever it was oh, called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I would imagine that must have been really primitive. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did yes. rendering take like a week or something? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, this was an age before DSLRs. You had to, like, uh, everything was on mini-DV, and you had to do this stupid oh, yeah, thing of capturing. You, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the batch capture, you learn, things like that. Oh, I, you know, uh, yeah, I, I did uh, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of bad After Effects back then. But I was just, you know, like anything, you just you're experimenting. You're experimenting. You're getting better, and like you could see in my early movies that I'm really, you know, pushing myself as a, as a, an effects person. Yeah, and I feel like it's interesting because then. Uh, you know, that led on to uh, Losers. I mean, both uh, iterations, but especially the one that you have now where, you know, it's like your your passion is still pro- the same as it was like 10 or 12 years before. It's just now you have better toys. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just got a new laptop. And all right, th- if I think about it this way, it has 16 gigs of RAM. That's, that's mm. 16 times more gigs than my emac had <laughs> it's like one gig wow that, that's pretty small isn't it's it it's that much stronger than my original editing computer so uh yeah yeah the technology is great and of uh, i can you know i think the uh the advent of uh of uh more professional digital cinema uh has a uh, improved uh, vastly in the past decade so yeah i'd imagine that i mean if you were uh, a younger person and you were going into film school you probably would learn things much quicker than probably you got even a chance to learn back in the day i mean i remember when i was in when i went to school 
it was still a little bit of the transition going from film to digital. Like I was seeing it firsthand where it went from 16 millimeter into finally using digital cameras. Like I, to, to give the audience an idea for those of you tech people out there who might know cameras a little bit, um, there used to be this camera called the DVX 100 and, uh, in college and like a little bit afterwards, I thought the DX100 was the greatest camera <laughs> that I could get. Um, and that <laughs> now you look at it and it's like it's like a piece from the Stone Age. Yeah. And it's not that long ago. It no. was like you know seven eight years ago. It was still you know we were still using it. Oh yeah, and uh, it was a beautiful camera. I knew that camera really well. Um, but um, let's see, I started. Yeah, off. but let's let's yeah. go back a little bit though. So where does this uh, where's the like does the passion for media start with just watching movies and TV? Was that kind of your first love, or were there certain technological things that kind of struck you? Like where does it sort of start? Well, uh, with me, I think I've always been attracted to uh, storytelling. I remember there was a period in high school where I wanted to really write and draw comics. Hmm. And uh, you know, I I I, I did some uh, some drawing. Never really got the hang of it. No, mm. no. Was that so? That was sort of your first passion. That was maybe doing comics before film. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I and, could tell from being around that you definitely comics are a big thing. Oh yeah, and I, I you know, it's it's just storytelling. I, I learned that uh, you can tell a story not just with words but with pictures and like Buster Keaton, the less you know titles or or dialogue you use, sometimes that's better. Hmm. You know, just tell the uh, the story visually. Sure, yeah. I mean, sometimes comic books they sometimes get caught up in having a lot of dialogue and a lot of things, but you can actually tell a lot from just having uh, pictures telling the story. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a couple of examples, but well, sure. uh, there's the famous uh, uh, GI Joe. Uh, issue with uh, Snake Eyes, and hmm. Snake Eyes is, if you didn't know, was a, is a ninja working with GI Joe, and oh, he was okay. infiltrating a place. But the thing is, Snake Eyes doesn't talk. Okay. So okay, the legend has it that um like an intern or someone screwed up and didn't put the the bubbles in, but it's just amazing because it's just you see how Snake Eyes acts. There's there's no titles or anything. He's just going in doing a Snake Eyes thing, being a, an awesome ninja, and it's all visual. Hmm. And it's and it's, it was in a comic book format. It's in a in a comic book format. Yeah, or even uh, obviously in Watchmen, there's a lot. There's a good deal deal of dialogue, but I always remember how there's a lot of stuff they show with Doctor Manhattan on uh, that planet where they don't have any dialogue. It just shows him kind of sitting in solitude and you know, kind of contemplating things, and yeah, I mean, you can almost, it's almost like, you, in some ways, you can't blame Zack Snyder for just taking the panels and making a movie <laughs> out of that, because it's right there, you have your storyboards. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would imagine, too, especially, it's, it's it might be obvious to some people, but when you have a really good comic book that has the panels laid out as such, it's not that much different than, uh, um, like I, I've I've been reading like a biography about Walt Disney recently, and it talks about how you know he would go into storyboard meetings, and it would be laid out like a comic book, all the panels. So, mm -hmm. um, does that so does comics did that come first like when you were like a real little kid, or was it just like uh, 
cartoons and stuff like that. Uh, well, like any other kid who, yeah. To be and to be honest, I was never really that into sports. I you know I had other uh, sure. interests. Yeah, no, I loved cartoons and movies and and uh and uh eventually when i started getting allowance i bought comic books every week mm. and uh yeah to me they were like holy tomes when i was 13 <laughs> it's like the, these you know i i thought they would change me as a person and i would uh yeah really take care of them and you know they they did eventually change me as a person and the the way i think mm. um well especially cuz you know you start off with the basic superheroes and you get you know, your Batman and Spider-Man and things like that. But, you know, the pe- pe- people tend to forget that in the 90s when you had stuff like Vertigo comics and you had some of the stuff that Image was doing and uh, Dark Horse, you know, you had deeper shit being dealt with in comics. It wasn't just, you know, swinging around and being up bad guys. Oh, absolutely. I remember uh, reading uh, Sandman. And, oh uh, yeah, Sandman was. Huge. And if if you read Sandman, it's like your your IQ just jumps twenty <laughs> points because he references Neil Gaiman references so many intelligent things that okay, I know this is a reference to something, and I may have to look this up, but eventually I'll reread this and this will make more sense and be even better. So every every uh yeah few years I actually go back and reread uh, Sandman and uh, that's great. No. Of course, I was a big fan of uh, Preacher. Yeah, which and... is now becoming a show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, and one can tell from watching, uh, if, if one checks out Losers, which, uh, by the way, I should mention that Losers, the pilot that you directed, is uh, finally coming to YouTube this week. Um, and if you want to check that out, you can go to youtube.com slash losers television. And it's also on Facebook at facebook.com slash losers TV pilot, I believe. And then there's also Twitter. Um, the handle, I think, is losers underscore TV. And that's all in capital letters. And you got to remember that underscore because sometimes that can trip up people <laughs> uh, unless if they're Twitter savvy. But obviously, I was, I was going to bring that back to now, of course, when you watch losers, Star Wars is, of course, the big thing. And a lot of that, of course... You know, when I I rewatched stories recently, there's a lot of bedrock foundations of storytelling in that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I remember teaching a filmmaking class, and I noticed that a lot of my kids had not seen the original Star Wars, Which and it's is, like, it, oh man, and it's what, like, what 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 kind of bad households did they grow up? I know, in? and I was like, <laughs> they, did they grow up like I almost picture them in little rags and stuff? Like, can we watch Star Wars? No, no. <laughs> But uh, so you showed them Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. No, I I felt it was a, an obligation to show them Star. I stopped, like I had a lesson plan probably, and it's like no, <laughs> Star Wars. I'm getting popcorn. We're gonna watch Star Wars. Exactly. And we're gonna talk about, uh, and they may not realize it, but I was talking about uh, a three act structure. It's very clear what a protagonist is. Uh, the hero's just, journey. The, the hero's journey. What a mentor is, and that. Um, Luke has to make a choice and go on an adventure and, and come back a, a different person. That's And at that age, 12 to 14, mm-hmm. that's an essential story. That's a, kind of a, a microcosm of what they will go through. You know, and yeah, in the future. I mean, now granted, you know, hopefully their parents aren't, you know, turned into skeletons by the Empire, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, no, no, I, absolutely. Uh, Jack, 
I hate to go all nerd on you, but that was Aunt Peru and Uncle Owen. Yes. I apologize. I had to stop no, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> Considering that I just watched the movie last week, that was pretty unforgivable for me. Why did I call him Luke's parents? That Did I not just yeah, watch the they're, prequels? They're basically Jesus. his parents, but like we just... Uh, yeah. Surrogate. Joel Edgerton is... <laughs> you know what the funny thing Uncle is? Owen, this is, a, this is an aside, but when I rewatched, I rewatched the prequels, I watched all the Star Wars movies uh-huh. recently leading up before force awakens and it's like all of a sudden it's like anakin is there coming back to tatooine and you know he sees the young uncle owen and peru and it's like joel edgerton but, but you're a great actor why aren't you why aren't you anakin skywalker yeah it's like at least you would have given this movie a little bit more oomph but you know who knows of these things um yeah so the Star Wars, did that start for you also when you were a kid? Like, uh, was it... Because some people, it was the special editions that they first saw. Like, it was weird. My wife said she hadn't seen Star Wars before the special editions came out. And it was like those were the versions she owned instead of the originals. You know, here's here's what's funny. Um, uh, I've... I knew of the story and I knew of the beats but i never owned the trilogy when i was a kid and mm. i think that was actually great because it was like whenever i'd go to my cousin's place i'd want to watch a star wars movie because it was inaccessible uh. in my eyes and i didn't have cable it wasn't on we didn't have the sci-fi channel i don't think it was on channel 11 that much or uh wpix but uh and that's how i watched most of my movies so i'd go to my cousin's place the thing is i didn't know the order so i'd always think uh. And yeah. and Empire Strikes Back always sounded like the coolest title. Of course. So I'd watch that first, and then I'd watch like A New Hope or yeah or Jedi. I'm like, it's like you're oh giving... what oh this doesn't make any sense. It's like you're putting yourself into a Tarantino <laughs> position or something. You're jumping around the storyline. Yeah. Although I think that like when you watch Empire Strikes Back, that kind of that does work as a self-contained yeah, story. It does. It There's does. a lot that if you just started watching that movie, you know right away. That Luke has magic powers. Yes. He is kind of a sorcerer. He can lift lightsabers out of the snow. He's friends with Han Solo and has a thing with Leia. And you know Ben is this uh, yeah it, ma- magical wizard. The the Obi Wan stuff just that's the only part I think as a kid that threw me off. I kind of got the rest. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what what's this floating gut? Okay, and but eventually when I I think uh, ten or eleven. Uh, we had a vacation in Ocean City mm. in uh, Maryland, and it was raining that day. And yeah. the Sci-Fi Channel had had the the original trilogy playing on TV, so nice. I was just glued to that TV. And that's I was just for uh, oh my god, it would have played with commercials. So for nine hours straight, <laughs> just <laughs> glued to the TV, just glued to the TV. Yeah, and that was that was pretty magical. Yeah. And I know that also aside from Star Wars too, like I know you're huge in the Star Trek as well. Oh yeah. Um, do you yeah. think that does that start before Star Wars for you? You know what? Um, yeah, I would say so because like, I for some reason in my house it wasn't there. Like I don't know why. It just I don't know. It was just one of those things. But like, but Star Trek Generations was huge. The yeah, next generation. Next generations. Generations yeah. is the movie. I yeah. should <laughs> need to correct myself. Um. Let's see. Uh yeah no I I think as a kid I always had a stronger relationship to uh, Star Trek because it was on every week and eventually like it had you know other spinoffs 
like uh you know voyager and ds9 so there was always enough star trek to go around it's like there there was an overabundance of of star trek and uh yeah the uh, next gen crew they're they're my iconic crew um yes. i love the character data because he uh who we should say is the uh he's kind of like the android of the of the the enterprise crew yeah and uh it's that's kind of interesting because in a way it, it reminds me of uh you get to have an even fuller view of like when the alien movies would have uh, an android you know the, yes. it would be kind of like either it's the evil android and alien or it's the more all right do we know what this guy's going to do one like uh in aliens but uh yeah data i think is yeah fascinating character because it's like what do, what happens if you have no emotions you have to reach out. Like it's it's kind of weird when you watch Star Wars. The droids probably have more emotion than uh, Data. <laughs> and you know something I didn't realize is that they're they're uh, the droids in Star Wars. They kind of have a, a slave master mentality. <laughs> I'm like How so. Oh, because c 3 is like oh we have to listen to master the master. And and yeah. if you watch the original like. C-3PO is a little bit of an Uncle Tom. It's like, no. <laughs> R2-D2, he's left. He's left. He's gone. Oh, we got to get him back. And yeah. it's like, and it's like, it didn't occur to me until like a year ago. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but they are, they are robots. So whatever. Yeah. yeah it's much. just something to think about. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a comedy team. Yeah. Um, so when did, uh, did you start, uh, was, did you start to realize, okay, I might want to try to tell stories, and oh, oh, all right. So, um, when did this? Uh, did you start writing in high school? Was it more in college? Like, when did you start to kind of realize? I know you said that you wanted to try to do the comics thing. So, was that like just creating your own stories and that writing scripts and trying to draw things? Um, let's see. Um. You know what? I noticed that I had a talent for writing, or at least entertaining people, when I was in uh, high school, maybe around my my uh, uh, junior or senior year, because uh, we had a a report to do, like a group report, on on Japan. I remember, <clears throat> hmm. and uh, I remember being very much into Kevin Smith and everyone else was doing their own skits. And it's like, for some reason, like I was writing a skit and then it's like, okay, this is going to be way screwed up. All right. <laughs> in what way? It's, it's, okay. I'm going to throw Pikachu in there. <laughs> There's going to be a, a hero called porno man. I remember <laughs> that. Um, let's see who else was in there. Oh, there was a, a disco dancing robot. <laughs> and just just imagine. And I just like, and sure. the, the rest of the class are just bewildered. Like, what the crap's happening? <laughs> but it's like, I, I think they had a, a kick out of it. They had a lot of fun. And I remember that laughter. And it's like, I and that's kind of like uh, like uh, your first uh, dose of heroin. Like, I, I want to chase that dragon. Mm. I want to get bigger and bigger laughs. So a lot of it the was the comedy, too. Yeah, and and to me, comedy is like a it's a cheat because with I, I've written dramas and and uh, I show them on screen. It's like I don't know if people like them. They'll always tell me, you know, after the fact what they think, and most of the time, sure. yeah, they do. They they love it. But with comedy, it's like, do you know how I know they like it? They're laughing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh. Yeah, I mean, it's 
a lot of comedy comes down to taste and you know as long as you can tap into some good taste then hopefully you're okay as long as you're not you know as long as you're not going to like wayne's brothers comedy or something like that um so so you have this love of comics and for comedy um at the time so in high school like did your parents notice this at all were they encouraging for like you maybe trying to go for film or you know or that type of expression yeah no i think i eventually uh in uh college like when i went to hunter i just uh, made the decision well, yeah i'm gonna pursue film or at least media yeah. and they they were behind it they're very supportive that's great and uh yeah sometimes in retrospect when um you know i'm having problems finding jobs and whatnot i'm like i i do have uh doubts i'm like maybe i should have became like a an accountant or a nurse i'm like <laughs> Man. A, more of like a actual profession yeah, sort of thing. Because, you know, the thing about I, I kinda knew when I when I did film and you know what? And to be fair, we we don't really use film anymore. Uh <laughs> sure. It's uh it's it's it's, it's easier it's to like, say, it's easier to say film than, I know, than digital media. It doesn't digital, have the same I know, it doesn't I have know. the same ring to it. Haven't I haven't really used film for uh oh my god, a decade. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a little while for me too. Yeah, but uh, it's just that okay, you're not, you may not make a lot of money off the bat, so it's just, and your your job security is not great, and since it's an artistic uh, profession, you know, you have a ton of competition. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, that happens. Yeah, I mean, well, there's also, yeah, there is a lot of competition, and. I mean, the strange thing is, I mean, when I was in college, and I'm sure you felt the same way, it's like, there are no web series. You know, you just made, you made shorts, and, uh, you know, and that was basically it. You know, you didn't have this idea of, okay, we're going to do, like, a whole series of shorts, and it will make one yeah. long continuum. That was for TV. Um, so, um, yeah. so when did, uh, so I guess the, to, we can get back, because I want, I'll talk about Monochrome Blue maybe in a little bit, but, um. When did that first? When did the idea sort of come to do this? You know that first version of Losers, which, uh, which by the way, was also where I met you. Oh yeah, you were uh, there on the uh, the first day. Yeah, um, I guess I was there at its inception. So um, after college, well, in uh, my uh, senior year of college, I was uh, doing uh, my my last film, my thesis film, uh, Sleeper. And that was uh not no relation to the Woody Allen film though. No. no, no. <laughs> we should just make that clear because there's yeah. also another movie called Sleeper. Yeah. What was that about? Oh, it's uh basically about an uh, an assassin who has her memory stripped every time she goes on a job. Ah. And uh, you know, interesting idea. Um, kind of cliched by now. It's been done a lot. I don't know why it reminds me a little bit like Looper. Or something like that. Huh. So in that sort of not the same thing, but in that vein. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, yeah, I remember working really hard on that and saving up for for years and years, and you know, I'm gonna make this movie kind of like an hour, and then it fails spectacularly. The uh, one of the uh, I just if you could believe that, just uh, you arrogant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. You know, come off as arrogant, but I think uh, were you my, trying? Were you reaching too far? Reaching possibly? too far, yeah. And it's like I uh, thought that you know, with my abilities and with 
my talent. You know, I could I could solve any problem. And you know what? You can get far with just gumption and ambition, but it's it's may not take you the whole way if you mm. don't have the And this was just right a short. Re- yeah, this was a a short and uh yeah, no, I invest a lot of time in there and uh it's, Did it not come out like the way that you'd wanted to? Well, the problem is uh one of the actors and uh basically the uh like um well, yeah, one of the main actors, he just wasn't uh, delivering he wouldn't remember his lines and he had a ton of lines uh. and and uh yeah by the end of it i i just couldn't stand the side of the guy <laughs> so and then it's like oh crap i gotta edit this thing but uh. this the story doesn't make any sense because i was putting all my attention on this one person instead of the movie as a uh. whole and the whole thing just just you know sank and uh yeah no i i was uh, very depressed after college uh, and uh, and yeah. So so losers, you could say, was a way of rehabilitating yourself. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, and I was. If you think about it, it's, it's actually very simple. It's the original premise is just two guys talking in a car. We don't require a lot. We need two guys, a car, and a camera. So, so maybe it was some always, lights. So it was always in the car. Like you didn't. I mean, at first. You didn't yeah, really think first. of leaving it. Later on, you kind of did, but yeah, and we'll get to that. But so, did you think this up? Was this something that you approached uh, Zach with, uh, Zach uh, Abramowitz? Who, yeah. By the way, is still in Losers. Zach and in Losers, yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to work with my friends. We were gonna have a, you know, a good time. And uh, and as a writing exercise, it's like, okay, let me see what I could do, just with dialogue. There isn't really anything. Uh, a lot of it was improvised. Yeah, a lot of it was improvised, and it was a lot of experimentation, and you can tell that. And like some episodes work, some episodes don't work. But you know, it was you know at least you're out there making something instead of feeling sorry for yourself. Mm. And you know that gave me, you know, it was good. I, I yeah. still remember uh, the one that I've rewatched a number of times over the years was uh, the dream. Which, oh, yes. uh, if, I mean, by the way, if you guys want to check it out, actually, these episodes are still up on YouTube. If you want to check out sort of the, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's interesting, though, because it's like, I, I almost equate it sometimes with when you watch, like, the real early episodes of South Park or Beavis and Butthead or, or that first season of The Simpsons where uh, Smithers was black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, again, a lot of it's just riffing, but that one, there's an episode called The Dream where... Uh, Zach is just, you know, telling this about how he's upset that he had this dream where he drank his own. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna spoil it for anyone. You should watch it. But with that, it was interesting because you left that all kind of in Zach's hands. You didn't write that. Oh no, no, like Zach just we're uh, set up and we have some time. It's like Zach's like, I got an idea, Carlos. Let's just go with it. Just turn on the cameras. I'm like, okay. And he started doing it, and because I didn't know what he was talking, I kept on laughing. Well, yeah, he he could have at least given you some kind of indication. Like, I was on set that day, I think, and I was just like, what? Yeah, and I I had to, I had to, it was the first time, it's like, I gotta leave the set. I have to ban myself from the set for the first time, because right now, it's so hilarious. So... That's that's what I did, and I just let them go at it. Yeah, no, that was – and it was fascinating too because there was no real – you didn't really have time for a lot of rehearsal. You just kind of went there on set and did it. Yeah, 
Um, and I guess that was also your first, you also experimenting with the visual effects then too. Oh yeah, lots of uh, green screen, I remember, lots of titling, and you know, eventually that, that pays off. Uh, I Before then, I don't think I've ever done uh, a lot of green screen, and then by the end of that project, there was just an abundance of, was, of knowledge. Was that just you teaching yourself? Did you like have anything to look to as ways of like, okay, this is how you do it? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Andrew Kramer, who's like the the godfather of After Effects, he has a ton of tutorials. Uh, he uh, yeah had uh, yeah tutorials, a lot of tutorials on green screen, how to use green screen. So I uh, basically used that as a starting point and you know tweaked it to suit my tastes, and uh, I got better. But you know the point is, is like I I created a project so that I'd actually get good at at something and grow as a person. And I eventually did. Mm. So unlike sort of sleeper where you were just kind of trying to flounder on making this big expansive thing. Yeah. It was like you had all a bunch of little things. Yeah. And in, in retrospect with, with sleeper, you know, I think the motivations were, were different, maybe not as honest as they should have. Like I, you know, I was younger, a little more fiery and it's like, no, I will, I will prove that I'm, you know, yeah. a great director. Sure. And I will prove myself. It's it's more from a a, a selfish point of view. Whereas when I was making uh, Losers, uh, both of them, it's more about like self growth, mm. and that you know I'm creating you know a gift for the audience. I want to make them laugh. They're giving me their time, mm. and I want to use their time to the best of my abilities. Mm. Yeah. So. But um. And going back just a little bit though, so after so did Monochrome Blue did that come before or after Sleeper? Uh, let's see. Because I think um, Monochrome Blue is two thousand six. Yeah, we shot. I think we shot Monochrome Blue before. Uh, uh, we shot Sleeper, and uh, I just had the footage sitting in the computer for a while because I was doing sleeper. Yeah. And then we, we shot sleeper, but you know, I had nothing really edited for, uh, like, uh, the big show in, in college that would take place in the spring of 2006. Mm. So I was like, okay, I got, I got this small pet project, monochrome blue. And I worked with, uh, Erica Camarano, who's, yeah, she's become a uh, kind of a name <laughs> out there. If you watch TV, she'll, you'll suddenly see, Oh my God, it's Erica. Yeah, Gotham and, a bunch of commercials. I uh, yeah, no, she's 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 doing great, and yeah. I always. But that was an interesting film. I should mention for those listening that Monochrome Blue is uh, it's a short that the closest thing I, I could really compare it to is uh, something like La Jetée, the the short. I don't know if you've ever seen that the short from the oh, early yeah. '60s where it's made up of a bunch of different still images uh, put to music, but there's. You know, you, you sort of did it a little bit where the, you do see some movement where it's like a few shots will kind of show a scene happening and a few title cards sort of describing certain things. Um, and that's a it's a very it's very artistically interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, some s still say that it's my best short film. It's been 10 years. But uh, yeah, no, I really pushed myself with uh, that one. And uh it's like, and it was relatively easy to do. One day shoot, and I just uh, edited for a few days, and it was off there. And uh, you had that uh, Battlestar Galactica music. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the Bear McCreary, Pasacalia, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, I remember at the show, like, my sister and some of my friends were crying. I'm like, did I just make you bitches cry? <laughs> what the sh... What? And you, you call them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of... It almost seems like that might be your goal as an entertainer. I'm going to make you cry like a bitch. I'm going to make you laugh like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always been my ultimate goal for, for people to cry and laugh at the same time and just be emotionally confused. Uh, that would be that would be something. I would I love to like do you, that. I feel like you might have been trying to go a little bit for that yeah, in the Losers In Losers, and especially towards the end. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so um where does it come for there to decide all right i want to try and make this a tv show like i want to make this the next i want to leap forward in my uh abilities huh. That's, uh... does it come with wanting to tell more stories in this world does it come from more of the the technological side of things um let's see well a lot of things had to come together uh uh, I was okay. We were sh- done shooting Losers, yeah. the, the web series. I hadn't really. I was doing some effects projects here and there. Yeah, and, and, and Green Eyes, and and Green Eyes, and uh, I noticed technology has swayed more towards uh, at the time uh, DSLRs, and you could do amazing images with DSLRs. So, sure. You know, doing something that's uh, at least TV quality was was within your grasp. Within my grasp. Um. So, and I met up with uh, Alex Valderana, the producer of Nightwing, Mm -hmm. and um, he has this uh, amazing infrastructure uh, with with cast and crew and locations, and uh, we, 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 yeah, we became fast friends uh, through, through uh, Zach, and, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you think of a story, and... You know, you, you try to see, oh, what resources? I'm like, with this, it's like, what resources do I have? And it's like, I want to do a lightsaber fight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I want to do it on a roof. I want to have it, like, during an engagement party. And it's like, all right, uh, can we can we actually do this? What? what? All right, let's yeah. see what we can do. And eventually that's how Losers came about. And uh, because unknowingly I was practicing my writing with the Losers web series. I actually had a good voice for for Zach and, and his uh so sidekick. Time, so this so, time there wouldn't really be that much and there wouldn't be really an improvising. It felt like everything was written on that side. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, most of it is uh, uh word for word. Uh sometimes, you know, there's a person that uh would improvise. Oh sure, yeah. I mean yeah, when you have an when you have an actor like Matt Steiner Matt who, Steiner uh, Who's like kind of the co- one of the co-stars of Losers? You know, like it's funny that whole like that that scene where there's a scene in the Losers pilot, which uh, I won't spoil it too much in case for people who haven't watched it. But when he's going, he's going on and on about why he doesn't eat meat. Mm-hmm. He has a very specific reason why. It's one of those epic length monologues. Um, but at the end of it, he um, there's a sort of hint at cannibalism. And he just <laughs> holds his hand up uh, to maybe try to grab a bite. Yeah, and I, I didn't think to write of that. And he does; he has a lot of those moments, and his character is suited to those, to those. But moments. you a lot, but you're you're always hoping to get those kind of moments. You're not trying yeah. to restrict that on set. Yeah. 
It's an engagement party. It's an engagement party full of single ladies pretending to be happy for the bride-to-be. And there's only one thing that can distract them from looming spinsterhood. Two things. And their names are Manny and Zach. Yo, uh, yeah, yo, it's the Manny, the Manny, and Zach Katak. What you know about that? And we up in this party. Seeing the ladies, got a nice flow going for the ladies. Manny and Zach, they're gonna attack. You gonna, they got not know what's happening before it's too late. Robot, uh, robot, I'm a robot, I'm a robot, I love. Like, uh, <coughs> I think that's uh, what leadership is. It's like, I don't want to have all the good ideas. You should, <laughs> you're out there, you're on screen, you know, you do your best. So, yeah, and yeah. it seemed like, yeah, for this one, again, not trying to write beyond your means, trying to write in places that you know you could get. Yeah. Um, ironically, it seemed like the ending was probably the most ambitious part. Uh, yeah. You know, involving uh, you know, for, for those you know, again, I won't spoil it, but there is um, the ending. The very end is kind of intense, even though it kind of goes by faster than certain other parts of the short of the short. Yeah, it's supposed to. Yeah. Um. But I. Yeah, we could spoil it. It's it's actually on a few posters. By yeah, now. it's yeah. it's a zombie wedding. It's um yeah. it's a zombie apocalypse happening during a, a wedding. Yeah. Um, and there are, there are lightsabers and stuff. And <clears throat> that was something that. So did you when you wrote that? Was that something that you thought? Oh, I can do this. It's no problem. Or was it like, uh oh, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. No. 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 It's 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 the latter because. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but it's just... <laughs> it's, no, no, you're absolutely right. Because, okay, I wrote the script, and... Okay, it was supposed to end on the... Uh, with that last exchange between Zach, and then it's like, oh, you told your mother I was gay, and like, and stuff, and it's like... Oh, that's, that's, that's a really terrible ending. <laughs> people aren't going to remember this, and... I and yeah, what are you gonna do? Freeze frame on Zach and Manny being like, mm. yeah, and it's like people they need to remember this. We need to end with a bang, and you need to have give them a reason to applaud at the end. And it's like, okay, all right. I mentioned The Walking Dead and zombies in the first act in the in the the teaser part, and sure. there are lightsabers and and Maya does action, and we have an angel. I'm like, oh my god. We could have a zombie apocalypse during the wedding, <laughs> and we we don't have to explain things. It's like, yeah, that that would happen in the future. I don't know how this how point Z connects back to point C, yeah, us a point D or something. But it's like the point is you kind of by now huh. almost created though the sort of universe where this kind of thing maybe could happen. Yeah, um, even though I mean, fra- I mean a fair amount of the pilot is realistic what people have in their heads is not you're having a lot of like this a lot of i feel i feel like the losers uh, uh, pilot it's kind of about embracing imagination it is i don't know if that's getting into a little bit deep we're getting kind of into deeper shit but uh but i feel like that's a lot of what because i mean not only just even in the little ways like when zach looks at uh at devon and sees you know with uh, the terminator vision <laughs> how he's a yuppie you know, he's using his imagination there to conjure this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the power of story and storytelling, it's uh, uh, its its in there. Like, uh, there's a point in Losers where uh, Moses, uh, like, uh, basically, Zach's mentor, you know, guides him through a, 
a turbulent time. And, you know, they smoke some pot and uh, they, they talk about Star Wars and the lessons they learned from Star Wars and subsequently the Lion King. Yeah. So, uh, and it's like that, that changes, that turns Zack from a passive character to an active character where it's like, I will pursue my goals and I will use all my resources to help my friend. Mm. So that's, you know, it's yeah. there. Yeah, you yeah. have, it's like, you have to have some kind of core element. Otherwise, it's just, you're just making pop culture references. Yeah, and... That, that's, because the, there's always a danger there with doing that. Oh, absolutely, and, but I, I think, uh, you know, we don't just do pop culture uh, references. It's, there is a heart to losers, and there there are dimensions to uh, to uh, characters like uh, Zach. Zach is a very capable, very intelligent person in in losers, very resourceful. But he's also like a little bit of an idiot when it comes to just dealing with people or and, dealing with women, <laughs> dealing with women especially. Yeah. And uh, and Manny has is very intellectual. He knows a lot of things about conspiracies and little details. But he uh, he's also an idiot in his own way. So it's hmm. it works off like that. Yeah. By the way, the, you just remind me about Zach being an idiot with girls. Uh, remind me, I wanted to bring this up because uh, one of the things that impressed me very much uh, uh, when I was working on it was that uh, there's, and I'm not going to say which moment it is, but there's one moment in the pilot that is actually influenced by Fellini. And I remember you actually sat everybody down. Like, you almost hear those stories about directors who are like, I'm going to sit you down and make you watch this movie. So you know what we're going to do. You hear about that sometimes in like, behind-the-scenes documentaries. And you sat us down and showed us a scene from La Dolce Vita yeah. so that we would know what we were doing. Yes. Even though, I mean, easily you could have just directed him to, to do like, oh, I try to do something more like that. But by directly doing that, it's like, okay, now he can get this. But it's a, but it's a reference that I, I really, it, um, it made, it kind of even grew my admiration for even more where it's like, all right, not only, all right, it's one thing if you're referencing Star Wars and, BSG and things like that, you know, I mean, we have Kevin Smith and stuff out there doing that sort of thing, but you're embracing everything that you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you look back at, uh, like, uh, Maya, I'm sorry, uh, Manny meeting uh, Sarah the Angel, mm -hmm. um, you know, you might think, oh, it's sci-fi and all, but there, I make direct references to, like, Renaissance art, like uh, Michelangelo. There's mm. this one shot where Manny takes Sarah the Angel's hand, and it's supposed to echo like um, Michelangelo's uh, Sistine Chapel, where 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 God reaches down to to Adam, and you know the 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 placement of the hand is similar. Also, when we first see Sarah the Angel, uh, it's it's more like a, a Botticelli painting, you know. It's yeah. like yeah, and I and I put that in the script, and I I would like to think that I have a like a, a wonderfully adversarial. Uh, relationship with the audience so adversarial that, adversarial i'm like that? i will it's it's like you it's like i'm in a constant battle with them i'm like you won't know what to expect <laughs> if you know what to expect i have failed <laughs> so if all right of course i'll do the battlestar galactica and star wars references but you know what let's let's uh let's uh throw in a you know italian um Italian films or or, or uh, Renaissance paintings or <laughs> or there, there's some talk of of Joseph Campbell, you know, character growth, the hero's journey. So it's like, sure. Oh, 
that that's there too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And at the same time, also there's the the part of it too that uh, um, I'm sure you've probably had to answer a lot of questions sometimes in conventions, but you know, the, 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 it does also deal with what place does someone who is obsessed with all that, uh, so to speak, geek culture, what place do they have in society? Like, are they more accepted now than they were years before? And I don't know, I mean, you, you might have an answer for it, but for me, I just, uh, it seems like it, it depends on who you're with. Yeah, it really does. Like, uh, you know, I, I kind of live in a, a sheltered uh, geek world because I, I go to, like, cons like two or three times a, a, a month now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> we should mention, by the way, that so just as a aside, how many conventions has Loser been to? I roughly. Oh, that we showed at or had a booth at or both. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Okay, I know for festivals alone, that includes festivals and comic cons, where we're probably up to thirty or forty. Yeah. Uh, for Comic Cons, uh, I would say about uh, eight to ten. Mm. Yeah, and uh, right every time, yeah, we have a, a positive response. Yeah. I mean, because, and you're showing you know, it in a kind of realm where it's like uh, it's, it's your people. Yeah. <laughs> but do you? Th- but going back to the question, though, so is it? Do you see it maybe being that people are? Like if they see somebody like uh, like Roy playing with his Magic the Gathering cards, it's it might be easy to make fun of that, or you know, do, or do you go like, oh, that's cool, it's Magic the Gathering. I guess <laughs> again, it depends where you are, right? It really does. It really does. Um, yeah, I, mean, I know that's not a direct question. I guess it was more yeah, just no, something to I, respond to. The thing about geek culture, and something I didn't realize until uh, recently, is that you know what. I, uh, when people call me a geek and what I was into as a kid, like comic books and Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, all those things, it's like, wait, they're, they're all popular now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like Star Wars might have been the yeah. one thing that was a little yeah, bit I outside think, of that. I think, I think everyone, Star Wars was the biggest thing. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, every, like, to varying degrees, everyone had an affinity for Star Wars, but it's like Picard was, was using an iPad. And using a laptop, and like Data was listening to MP3s on his like in his room. Sure. And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just ahead of the curve. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just ahead of people when it comes to certain things. And uh, yeah, maybe part of it has to do with uh, science itself. Maybe like a certain comic books. You know, like they embrace science, or some of the Marvel characters, or or some of those worlds that you know. It's like, how about we actually look at what science can do, like uh, the Fantastic Four or something like that. Oh, absolutely! Like uh, there's this ongoing cycle of entertainment spurring on science, and science spurring on entertainment, and you know, we help each other. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't for, uh, like, I remember. Uh, Walt Disney, he he talked to uh, uh, one of the the rocket one of the the Nazi rocket guys. I forgot which one. The Rocketeers? No, what? no. Like he was a. Uh, what that was after? I, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> but one of the main guys that developed rockets. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah, and he he spoke to that guy. He's like, oh, let's have a, a science show about like going into space, and that was 
uh, the early 60s, and people love that. And eventually, we we went to space, and yeah. and uh, it's uh, um, yeah. No, that's or, just or you have, it uh, or I also just sort of bringing up the, the the iPad and stuff made me think too of uh, when you see 2001 and you actually see kind of Skype. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess in a way they were kind of behind what actually happened, but yeah, at least there was some indicator there. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, now, as far as like, obviously, we want you want you want to try and make more losers episodes and things like that. Yeah, I'd I'd like to. I have some ideas. Uh, I've been uh bouncing around an idea to do like a, a Dungeons and Dragons episode, mm-hmm. and it's like honestly with the losers episode you know all i have to do is hey what do you what do you feel like making and what 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 haven't you done yet and it's like oh i want to do a a fantasy (laughs) (laughs) i want to and i want to do a cross between like lord of the rings and and the princess bride and i could i could definitely do that with the losers playing dungeons and dragons and and being their characters in the fantasy world and and uh yeah yeah that, that would be great um Princess Bride. That, that you talk <laughs> about embracing storytelling. That's literally a kid listening to a story being told yeah. to him. And yeah, I know and, that's one of your favorites. And I, oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, we can have a lot of the interruptions. Oh, like it's just, just hey, hey, like Zach talking to like the dungeon master. Like, yeah, just just cut to the good part. Okay, yeah. all right, fine. <laughs> I'll do that. Mm. <laughs> and you're fighting. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a matter of hopefully trying to get somebody who would. Pick up losers and maybe yeah, get no, some we're, uh, funds to get more. You know, one of the it's it's great that we're uh, going to uh, comic cons and uh, film festivals, and we are gaining an audience, and people obviously like it a lot. Um, but yeah, it's it's my hope to actually do a full scale TV show with a budget and uh, best case scenario. Uh, yeah, I would like to be on HBO or another cable network bit of a long shot i know mm-hmm. but um i i think if we're uh, like a show on like hulu or netflix that would be that would be magnificent yeah or, yeah. or amazon or amazon prime yeah. yeah um and are there other projects like outside of fantasy that you might is it only kind of the fantasy comedy world or you think you would return to drama someday you know what um i've uh been wanting to do another uh, monochrome movie Mm. And, uh, yeah, the technology has changed in the past 10 years, and I definitely want to take advantage of that. And uh, I have an idea uh, for another Monica movie. It would be definitely darker, but, uh, yeah, that would be good. Um, also, yeah, smaller projects uh, that are that are more character-based, less, less about the effects, because the effects from uh, Losers and uh, subsequent... Uh, projects they they burn me out and like i i don't want to you know keep on doing lightsabers for the rest of my time because that's just well at some point i feel like the way that uh that you know in a way to start like the the star wars universe might actually burn people out themselves i mean (laughs) if there's going to be a star wars movie coming out now every year for the rest of our lives i i don't know if that's going to last i kind of feel like part of why star wars has lasted because there are only six movies in the past like 40 years so i don't hmm. know it's something that could happen um but uh yeah so and also i guess you know editing is still something that you're passionate about obviously 
you know, you're still chasing that yeah. too. Yeah, right now I'm more of a in our writing phase. I wrote a new treatment to, uh, um, I would say, uh, it's a short film, but I guess it could also be a pilot. Um, it's uh, something I call the uh, Zoe Quantum, and it deals with the uh, the uh, the multiverses, and uh, yeah. it starts off uh, very much like in the the hero's journey. And uh, what I noticed, and uh, it, it, from from the oeuvre of yeah. my work, is that you know I don't have a lot of strong female protagonists, hmm. and it's like I need to remedy this. This is this is this is a shame, and it's something I didn't realize until. Much later, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I need to change this, and uh, this is a an opportunity to to create a, a really good uh, female role model. Yeah, it sounds also like, uh, in a way, talking about your Uber, it kind of leaps back a little bit to, uh, you know, maybe trying to do something again like Sleeper, but better, since maybe over time you've gotten better, you've gotten better with working with people, you know how to do things now a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um... Yeah, money will always uh, be an issue, but I think because of losers, because I have a following. Uh, uh, let's see how the yeah, we'll see how, it how goes. the pilot Hopefully goes on this goes, YouTube if I you know have a bigger name, and I know for a fact that if I wanted to do another big project, I know that you and Alex and Zach and all our compatriots be like, yeah, we'd be down. We want to see another Carlos Del Rosario project. So I I will never take that for granted. That's uh something amazing. Yeah, no, I mean I um and like um, I mean likewise uh um uh, I guess not to get too sentimental, but I feel like by having you there for a lot of years, I feel like I've also grown in some ways as an artist. That I've always that I've been kind of kept in check from things that you know you sometimes need someone to keep you away from lesser tendencies so to speak uh or indulging a little bit too much you know a key thing with editing i think is also just looking at what you've got and realizing okay you know don't take things out willy-nilly but how can we make this tighter how can we make this work more concisely as a story yeah no a question a stupid question i asked whenever we were lost mm -hmm. editing green eyes like what's the scene about and it's such a simple deceptive question but then you're like but then you actually have to answer it huh what is this scene about <laughs> which you know it's it's kind of it's it's and it's a funny thing that you would say to me because i would think to myself my first thought was what what does he mean what is this about i've been I've, i wrote this scene i i was on set directing it and i what is this why do i need this <laughs> and i think that's what a lot of editors have to ask themselves and uh I think that's yeah. also it comes back to just yeah. being a good storyteller. Yeah, yeah, it's not just an editing thing; it's a yeah. it's also a story thing. If you, um, with with uh, something like Losers, it's like I was able to to really know what it was about, to know who these characters were, their dimensions, and I was able, like like Bane, to break break its back. <laughs> it's like I can see everything now. <laughs> and that's uh yeah something that's uh i don't comparison. i don't i know i know and that's a <laughs> term actually to to break the back to break a spine of a story oh no no yeah, that yeah. is a thing in writing is yeah. the actual spine is what holds the story together yeah but i i like to be like violent like i will break its back oh please yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah 
So, uh, once again, uh, so like I said, losers will be coming to YouTube this Friday. Um, and this might be in the past tense if you're listening to it already. Uh, but uh, you go to youtube.com slash losers television. Uh, you should be able to find uh, the full episode. Um, uh, and also there are clips as well if you are a little too impatient and just want to watch one one minute chunks. But watch the full 20 minutes because it's really uh, quite an experience. Uh, you can also visit losers, uh, at, at Facebook, a losers, facebook.com slash losers TV pilot and Twitter, a losers underscore TV. Um, there's no Instagram thing at the present, right? No, I'm okay. really behind. Like, like yeah. Tumblr, you, like, you need to get the ugh, Instagram and the Snapchat and you know the, I, I, tind- I don't know, all these other I things. I really should like <laughs> hire someone to do this for me because it's like, I'm like, dude, I just, I just, made this this thing and it's it's great and i i don't i don't want to do any of this social network stuff but i, I have to and i I'm, guess it's but another I'm, thing i'm terrible at it <laughs> no but. no no but i think i think there's enough things on there that keep will keep people interested and yeah uh, and yeah and so uh thank you very much for coming on today carlos i really appreciate having you oh thanks for having me all right and uh once again uh this is the wages of cinema uh, the local vocal series And remember, the wages of cinema is death.